my financial goal my first year was a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> and um I love that you laugh. Like, why is Because that first year I made $280,000. Yes. Doing it all on my own. Welcome to Black Belt Beauty Radio, a podcast fueled by a passion to support your journey in developing your most beautiful and optimal performance in life. Each episode is driven with the intention to elevate your mind. When we elevate our mind, we elevate our life. So get ready. It's time to rise. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Black Belt Beauty Radio. Today's guest is Dr. Emily Kybert. Emily is a chiropractic physician. She's an entrepreneur, the founder of the renowned Urban Wellness Clinic in New York City. She's the podcast host to the Muscle Medicine Podcast, a mommy of two super cute babies, and an all-around empowering woman who champions knowledge by teaching her clients the tools that they need to reach their highest physical potential. Emily's expertise spans several therapeutic fields from biomechanics, yoga, and functional movement patterns. She built her practice located in the prime time of Midtown Manhattan on 57th and 6th. That is a big deal if you don't know. From scratch to success through her passion in health, her growth mindset that is backed with resilience, integrity, courage, and confidence. In this episode, you guys, we get down on so many epic topics, such as how she built a successful business in New York all on her own, her mindset maneuvering through the creation of her business and how she crushed her limiting beliefs, some self-inquiry questions that powerfully supported her in that process of creating her business. We talked about strength and stability training and Emily's best practices for this type of training. We talked about her tips for strength training, which is so valuable because I know a lot of women in particular don't even know where to start with strength training. So this is a really awesome topic that we get down on that I know will be so valuable for all of you. We talk about why it's so important to not only face challenges, but to actually seek them in your life. We talk about one of her outstanding strength training programs called Thyroid Strong. This is an epic program for those with Hashimoto's. So that will be really, really valuable as well. We talk about getting clear on what you want in your life and what she did every single day that supported her clarity and to actualize what she wanted. That's just a few. You guys, we talked about a lot more and all of which I know will be so, so valuable to all of you taken in this episode. You know, it takes a special kind of someone to do what Emily has done in creating such tremendous success with her business and continues to do all while being a mother of two kids. It's nothing short of remarkable in my opinion. True story here. When I sat down to talk with Emily, I had been podcasting for the better part of the day in between meetings, just running around the city as you do in New York. And my brain was legitimately tired until I sat down and started talking with her. I was immediately recharged by her calm and warm energy, not to mention inspired by her incredible backstory and mental framework around life and business that has brought her to such incredible state of success from within and out. So I know you guys will love this talk because it's a real life story of someone who had a vision 
believed in it and went all in for it, never backing down from the challenges, but instead rising from them. Be sure to follow her on IG, Urban Wellness Clinic. It's in the show notes. And check out her podcast, Muscle Medicine, as well, also in the show notes. And yeah, you guys, um, I know you'll love this talk, so I'm going to hit play and let you take in this rad conversation with Emily Kybird. Enjoy. You know when you um, have your headphones on for the whole podcast, mine are long range, right? Like an hour and a half. And then you take them off and you feel like you're just like, wow. You're like, where am I? You am I in the <laughs> Yeah, totally. Yay. Okay, Emily, thank you so much for making time. I'm so stoked to meet you. I'm so grateful to Gabrielle to connect us. Um, I've heard incredible things about you. Um, And, you know, I've seen her here in your incredible clinic that I just walked in and was like, what's that smell? (laughs) That's so good. That's the way you say hello. Yeah. (laughs) So I've seen it, but I'm here now in New York with you. How are you? I'm good. And your jewelry game is like game on it's awesome i love it i take i have like these are like life pieces i'm not really a fashion jewelry girl i like pieces that have real meaning so that when i put them on it literally feels like my armor and like i'm you know what i mean sentimental yeah totally yeah yay so okay i this is a rad episode because you know like i said i'm like i don't know if i'm gonna it's been such a hustle and grind but i'm like you know i I want, I usually like to take some more time to get to know my guest prior to recording, but I do find that it could be very fun um, to be in a sense of like a state of discovery at the same time. I mean, there's always a state of discovery um, in the conversations, but this is like full on discovery for me with you. Um, so thank it, you for It's like uh, being pregnant Oh yeah. and giving birth. It's like you make a plan and then you expect it to change. <laughs> There you go. I haven't done it yet, but wait, let's start. First, I want to go there, but can you intro yourself for my audience and kind of give a little bit of backstory of how you arrived to this place in your amazing life? Yeah. Okay. So, um, I'm a trained chiropractor. Um, I graduated in 2007 and from Portland, Oregon. And when I moved to Portland to go to school, I was like, this is it you know, the organic food, the biking, the hiking, the mountains, the surfing. And then I got there and I was like, I don't know, it just didn't jive. So every break during chiropractic school, I would come to New York and I would just hang out with friends that lived here. And then um, I would visit chiropractors and uh, I would, you know, in in Portland, you call up a chiropractor and be like, hey, can I observe your practice? And like 100% say yes. In New York, I went through like 80 calls and like two people said yes. And, um, and then I graduated and I got a job here. And, uh, after a year I was kind of working for this practice and building my own and was just transitioned into having my own practice. And I was doing everything like filling out billing forms by hand, which is like you do electronic now. And I just found good people and built a multidisciplinary practice. So people think of chiropractors as they just adjust and they just focus on the back. But we do um, soft tissue work and rehab and strength training and really just like trying to integrate all the tools to empower people to take care of themselves. That's rad. Yeah. Yeah. That's so great. That's important, you know, and it's, and there's longevity in that. Yeah. Hitting it from a lot of important angles, yeah, to keep the body and mind 
like in a very healthy, strong, empowered place, like you said, yeah. right? And then we co-treat with Gabrielle. So people who have, you know, you can just kind of look at someone and see like, oh, they don't look well. Like maybe it's like dark circles under their yeah, eyes totally. or they look no like skin. puffy. Or yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so then we send them to Gabrielle and she takes care of the functional medicine piece. Amazing. And then we take care of the functional movement piece. That's so rad. And yeah. how, so how many years has the practice been? Um, up and alive. Let's see. Oh my goodness. What year is it? So it's going to be like 12 years now. That's 13 years. That's amazing. Yeah. Because I, I do believe um, that the statement, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. <laughs> yeah. After living here for so many years and it was such a, it was such a beautiful, wonderful, challenging experience. And you know, when I left, I left forever as a New Yorker. I'm like, I'm good. My nature roots. I'm an athlete. Like all that stuff is kind of calling me back and I needed that more, but never will I forget the grind. I mean, you know, and even when I come in and out for work and whatever, like I, I you know, I love it, you know, but it takes a lot. And so for you to be building a business from scratch, like you said, to be writing the the billing and doing it, that's gnarly. Yeah. And I remember in school, like thinking and envisioning, okay, I'm going to hire an associate to work under me and being like, oh my God, that's going to take like 10 years to get there. And it was very, it was like, you know, nine months and I think also at this stage of my life, building a practice where I can take maternity leave with my second baby yeah. for as long or as short as I want and mm-hmm. not, you know, be sweating it. Yeah. And still amazing. like growing a business and growing a team of people. That's well, you, you have to be a very sound, excellent leader. I think to, to have a great team, it, you have to be a great leader, you yeah. know? And so that's. Yeah, I'm, I already feel the vibe in here. Like people are happy here. <laughs> so why? Just I want to go into what what why chiropractor? Like where did that come from for you? Did you play sports growing up? Like were you an athlete? I did. Yeah. So like my dad's best friend and our chiropractor mm-hmm. um, treated us from you know when I had injuries in high school and things that um, you wouldn't think. So. He would, I would have sprained an ankle, rehabbed it. And then, you know, a couple months later, I was getting headaches and he tied it back. He's like, oh, your ankle is still unstable and it's working its way up the kinetic chain up your body and your neck is locking down as a compensation. Wow. So you have to go back to rehabbing the ankle. So like things like that, like how the body compensates for injuries Mm -hmm. and changes its movement patterns really interest me from when I was really young. Yeah. That's rad. What sports did you play? I was like a soccer, tennis, volleyball kind of girl. Cool. <laughs> I love soccer. My best, best girlfriend is um, Carrie Walsh Jennings. So oh, yeah, nice. yeah. Amazing. So volleyball is very much a part of my life now, beach volleyball. Yeah. Um, that's rad. So when you – can I – I want to ask a little bit um, about just going back to like building your business mm. because – you know, I'm really, um, well, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a solopreneur really, you know, and I celebrity makeup artist, been doing that for quite some time now. And now podcast is pretty full on for me as well. And there's a lot coming from this avenue of my career path as well. Um, and it's, it's, you know, so I being a celebrity makeup artist, by the way, freelance. So it's gnarly, you know, um, the grind is hard. The grind, the grind is real. real. It's real. I found though that, um, it's actually the safest. Uh, It's, I feel actually more secure in having this kind of career path where it's, I have to rely on myself 
because, you know, you could work for a really great company and get a really great paycheck and then all of a sudden get fired. The company goes down or something. So if you don't know how to kind of fight for your, like go get your food basically. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it's like that. It, it um, makes you really primal. It, well, I love that. I'm a very yeah. primal woman. Yeah. 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 We're going to go into that territory. <laughs> I can already tell. So, but it takes a lot of guts, a lot of, you know, perseverance, fortitude, all tenacity. So, and again, I'm going to, for you to be doing this in New York city and to build such an incredibly successful business. I want to go into your mindset a little bit. If we can go there. Yeah. Um, when you were first starting out, like, you know, did you feel really confident? What was your self-talk like, um, in the initial phase where you had to really invest in, and obviously there's like uncertainty. Yeah. So, um, one of the things that I really thought was like, oh, I have $180,000 of student loans. How can I find a space that will work? And one of the big things that really helped me was um, Handel Group, which Gabrielle also is um, part of. And I went to this workshop, and it was my favorite, beloved yoga teacher who actually married my husband and I, Elena Brower, and um, Lori Gerber. And... They had you write down all your limiting beliefs of why you couldn't do your dream. And then they were talking about like, oh, you know, reasons to cross those out. Mm -hmm. And they were like, who still has something on their list? And I raised my hand and it was like me and 80 women. And I was like, yeah, you know, finding a space. I have these loans. Like it feels really daunting. I don't know if I can do it. And Lori called me out. She goes, if someone put a gun to your head, could you find a space? And I turned like bright red. I was so embarrassed. I was like that oh that woman just like call me out in a bear you know in my head yeah and then like a month later i was like holy shit she's totally right yeah and found a space with an acupuncturist and i was like hey i just want to like rent some you know rent a couple days and just just grew like it just exploded and people were writing reviews online and mm-hmm. of course um i was um, like I would wake up excited, mm-hmm. you know, versus like, okay, I'm going to like wake up and go to my job. And like, um, I would wake up excited and even while you were challenged and maybe facing fears and things like that. Right. Yeah. yeah. And part of handout group is the story we tell ourselves is either they tell you to label it as like a brat, a chicken or the weather reporter and kind of like, where is that story coming from? So, I, I mean, I'm a pretty pragmatic person, so I mm-hmm. kind of took that approach to it. And, um, you know, my my financial goal my first year was $100,000. <laughs> and um, I love that you laugh. Like, why is that? Because that first year I made $280,000. Yes. Doing it all on my own. And, you know, so I, you know, some days I work 12 hour days. Yeah, totally. It was like, it felt good. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of like a workhorse. I'm like yeah. a Capricorn. I'm like, Ugh. yeah, no, for sure. It's like me right now. I feel like I'm like, <laughs> it's just been firing, but it feels good. Yeah. You're working from passion and vision. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it was always like, how could I serve the person in front of me better? Mm-hmm. Like, what what else do they need? So at first it was, I was just adjusting and doing soft tissue work and a certain percentage of people get better. But there was a certain percentage of people that were like, you know, I'm still in pain. And it was like, um, what else can I learn? You know, going to continue education mm-hmm. where I might not even get, you know, some chiropractors, they like only go to continue education where they get credits. Mm-hmm. 
I was like, I don't care. I just want to like learn it. So going to continue education that I didn't get credits, um, you know, putting continue edu- education on like a credit card and you know, like things yeah. like, I was like, I don't know if I could pay that off, but I really want to take it. I think it's going to help. Um, so wait, just to pick on that. Cause I yeah. love peeling into layers and stuff, yeah. you know, cause I think this stuff is really inspiring. There's a lot of people out there who would love to take a chance. Right. And like really pursue their vision. Um, but you know, fear is, fear is, <laughs> fear is amazing. It fears a lot of things. It's definitely, um, something that stops most people from pursuing their passion and their dreams. So what, you know, in that, those kind of moments where you're like, Oh, you know, I, I don't know if I could pay this off, but like, how did you kind of navigate your mind to just go, you know, no, I'm going to, I'm going towards this challenge. Yeah. So, um, I think one of the things I use, which I heard Tim Ferriss talk about was that fear setting. So it's like, what is the worst thing that could possibly happen if I fail? And so I thought, what's the worst thing that could possibly happen? I move home to Michigan <laughs> To outside Detroit with my parents and like it's gorgeous there. There, you know, <laughs> I'm and that would be the worst thing. I would like have to move in back in with my parents, like yeah. leave New York. And so I was like, okay, like that's definitely not gonna happen. It's not the worst thing when I think about it. And um, you know, just kind of visualizing like, okay, being a chiropractor outside Detroit, having to find space, living with my parents. Yeah. And just being like, okay, I know that's not gonna happen. And if that's the worst thing that can happen, it's not that bad. And just um going back to that primal, it's like you hustle so hard when you know it's like you have to put you have to pay your rent. You're overpriced yeah. rent in New York and you oh, have gosh, to like yeah. put food on the table and like everything else falls to the wayside. Do you feel, um, cause I, so my, my entire life is really intuitive. Like I operate from intuition, which by no means means it's like, you know, through a caution of the wind, I'm very strategic, methodical. I'm a thinker. I'm an introvert. Like I spend time, but, um, but I listen and that's always been moving to New York literally was from Hawaii. I was like, oh, I touched down here. And the first night, it's like I can see the moment still of like the sidewalk. And I just remember thinking, I got to move here. And I made it home forever, you know? It's like, oh, I moved a month later, by the way. Uh, but I didn't have a plan. Like, I didn't have, the, I just knew I had to be here. Yeah. So it's like this. So I operate very intuitive, intuitively in my life. And where I was going is that, um, you know, especially now, I, f- I know with all the uncertainty that's, we all face uncertainty, right? But I know that I'm on the highest path of my life. Um, I know that so clearly that like, even when there's an answer that I can't get to or something that I just don't know, I'm like, fuck it. Like, I, there's no, there's nothing behind me. This is it. Did you, does that resonate with you at all? When you kind of think back to that moment and that process that you were going through, like, did you feel like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to trust this even though I don't know, or I'm, cause I know that this is what I want to do. And yeah, it's like you're supposed to do kind of like calling or something. Yeah. And like a two, I mean, a being in New York and like mm-hmm. the energy. And I was like, I have to be in New York. Yeah. Like no other city <laughs> when I would graduated and I was like 28. I was yeah. Like, yeah. I don't, I want to be in New York. Um, and yeah, the second part of, um, you know, ideally what would happen is helping someone get out of chronic pain, then they are more present for the people that matter. So maybe it's their husband or their significant other, their kids, their coworkers. And there's just this ripple effect of elevating all of us together. Like that's really kind of the, yes, it's like, okay, let's heal your ankle sprain and your disc herniation, but 
can you then, instead of being focused on the pain every single minute, which is so exhausting, can you, you know, elevate above that and elevate the people around you and just kind of like elevate, you know, as it trickles down and ripples. Yeah, totally. The ripple effect. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. That has always been, um, I don't know, like in the back of my head. And when I train, um, people that we bring on, it's Mm -hmm. always with that in the back of the mind. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, that's, um, you know, I, I am a firm believer that when you have a, a powerful why that's, you, that's the the magic that's going to keep you committed and consistent when and and really resilient when you get the challenges thrown your way. It's yeah. like I, you know. Um, so it sounds to me, it feels to me that that you know you were living from a very powerful why um, yeah. instead of just kind of surface pain fix. Okay, bye. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, one of the things that um, that I I only shared once um, on another podcast was. When I was younger, um, my dad has always struggled with um, bipolarism. Mm -hmm. And um, he was suffering. This was like uh, I was a sophomore in college. Mm -hmm. And um, he's a roofer. So like he's 70 now, still gets on the roof every single day. (laughs) That's all he wants to do until the day he dies. So from 19 years old to 70, puts roofs, throws the shingles down in Michigan, in Detroit. (laughs) And, um, he was struggling with a frozen shoulder and like, if you can't use your shoulder, you can't do the work you love. And he, um, decided that he didn't have to be here anymore if he didn't have to do the work he loved. So, um, took a bunch of Ambien and a bunch of Vicodin and just like lay down on the couch. And my, my mother and sister were, um, visiting her parents in Boston and I was, at University of Michigan, so like an hour drive away. And our chiropractor actually was the one that was like sensing something's not right. You know, um, the police like kicked down the door, took him to the hospital, psych ward, everything. But just seeing that um, chronic pain Mm -hmm. and like having, uh, just seeing the effect on the family, you know, my mother, my sister, who was like, you know, probably 12 at the time, really having like, if there's, even if I could just help one person out of that potential situation and thoughts and that kind of downward spiral path so that, you know, a family did not have to experience that of like getting a phone call at college being like, Hey, like your dad's in the hospital for this reason. So I think, um, especially when it comes to like a why Mm -hmm. it's like, it's, it's deep seated. My dad is like my best bud, you know? So, yeah. Well, I I find that, um, pain is a very powerful catalyst. You know, I, when I was, um, 16, I tore my, I tore my ACL and my meniscus, um, from Taekwondo, but the, you'll appreciate this. So I'm going to get more detail with it. But basically I did this epic kick landed, twisted my knee, couldn't walk for three days. It was excruciating pain. As you can imagine, like Probably That's when I tore my ACL. Straighten anything. You're just like stuck in like. Well, that kind that was the initial with the ACL was the first, but I didn't go to the doctors. Um, and three days later, I can skateboard and surf again. So I just kept on keeping on. You know, it was high school, and it, I don't You're remember. Invincible. <laughs> it's like okay, let's keep going. Yeah. And um, whatever it was, it was a couple months later. Just randomly in the middle of the night, my mom knocked on my door to make sure I was home. And when I jumped up to, oh, and I, in between that time, my knee would kind of click and randomly. And I was like, what is that? I'm sitting in history. I'm like, that's weird. And then a couple minutes later, middle of the night, open the door. 
and I collapsed to the ground. And that's when, uh, because I had been working on the torn ACL and didn't know, I tore my meniscus. And what happened is that the piece of the meniscus um, got stuck between my joint. So the pain that I... Like flat, kind of like flapped over yeah it, it was stuck and yeah. like i could feel it still it's still it's so the pain that i felt from the torn acl was nothing compared i couldn't it was like i couldn't breathe good it was you know so mom's like go to bed and oh okay like maybe something just happened and i was like i i called them literally on the phone i was like i gotta go to the hospital so that would be two years of my life where i went in and out of um you know, surgery. Cause a year later I tore that meniscus again. And this time doctors took the piece out. Mm. Carlin and Job though, they're great. And, um, so, you know, I'm 41. This is, I was 16 or something like that a long time ago, but you know, I, I was on, I was eating the standard American diet at the time. And it was two years of just in and out of rehabilitation, you know, laying in the bed, Vicodin. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get bigger and you're just, um, it was just, it, it basically, gained weight this whole thing happened to my body I was like what the fuck is going on because before that i was like you know six yeah. pack and the whole <laughs> i mean you went from like super active to probably oh and it was, there was a heat wave that first so i'm like oh, in geez. bed so it ends up so getting to the point the it ends up that you know that would be the catalyst for me to because i was like how do i get back to homeostasis like how do i get back to myself because um, I just knew that it, it, I wasn't, that wasn't me, you know, um, from what I was feeling from the physical sense, it would be a long journey of learning, but it, it was the pain. That's where I'm connecting that dot yeah. that really, um, allowed me to be, to co- come to this place now where I am so versed in these geeky areas that I love yeah, so yeah. much <laughs> biology <laughs> and all kinds of stuff, but back to you. So, um, so yeah, so that was a big piece to your why, which is so, you know, it sucks that you had to go through that, but then powerful for the rest of your life. And like you were saying for your family, even and everybody else yeah. that you really come across and that you serve. Yeah. And yeah. you know, every day we come across, um, people who, uh, you know, like they just want to play basketball and they have an elbow injury and I can just see them like talk about their wife or their girlfriend. And I'm like, man, if I could just get their elbow good so that they can go play basketball, they would just be like a better human being. (laughs) Injuries suck. They do suck. Have you been injured? Yeah, of course. I mean, everyone, we all experience injury, but right. It's like, how do we, A, use it as a learning lesson? How do we use it as like, almost like collecting data to be a better person to like heal ourselves or to learn the tools that are going to help or, you know what I mean? I do. You know, we were talking about my broken sesamoid from jujitsu yeah. and you know, it, that hardcore ended, by the way. Well, I don't It's so weird. I passed my brother's guard and we, at my academy, we have like the best mats ever. They're super cushiony, but I went pop. Don't know what happened. Mm. Well, I do know what happened. It broke. Um, what ended up happening? I was heavily into cardio at the time. Mm. Because mesomorph over here, you know, <laughs> you know, I was afraid to lift weights, to lift heavy weights. It's a joke now because I'm like the complete opposite, right? My brothers yeah. used to tell me, it's like, I, I want to get my body, lift weights. Um, so what ended up happening with the broken says when I'm wearing the boot, I couldn't do the cardio, really, right? And so I started slowly progressing towards lifting weights. And so I really now from capturing that moment. Um, I look at injury as like, what do I need to learn? 
like what you just said. There's something here. And that set me on a path that will forever now be part of my, you know, movement game. Yeah. I think, um, pain takes a lot of like a long time for the body to perceive. So when you are feeling pain, it's like the body's like, yo, something's been going on for a while. This is like your last chance to like get it right and like clean up form or clean up, you know, how you're eating, get some more sleep. You know, it's just like our homeostasis or it's our check. Yeah. Checks and balances. Yeah, no, totally. I love that. And I think it's helpful for people to hear that because obviously it can be very depressing when you're injured and you can't do normal things like basketball or whatever. But if you kind of just keep an open mind and take a deeper look in and say like, well, wait, what, what do I, what else could I be doing? Or is there something I need to learn here or pay attention to? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So there's so many directions I can go with you, <laughs> but I want to kind of go back to the very, very, very beginning of the conversation mm-hmm. and it kind of <laughs> also, cause it connects to pain. Cause you just had a, your second baby, right? Second baby. Amazing. So is this, so I know it's a girl. Um, it's your first boy or girl. Yep. So my first is a boy. He's almost four. His name is Elvis. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wild. So I'm like a family of girls and just boy energy. I'm like, Oh, that's so I don't even sweet. know what to do with you, but <laughs> you are wild. Um, like he wants to like wrestle and fight and like, oh, I don't know. It's cute. I have three brothers and oh, we're okay. all super tight. Yeah. You know, I mean, we have a sister too, but yeah, I grew up around boys. That's amazing. Yeah. Elvis. Elvis. Yes. And then, um, and then Brooklyn who is 12 weeks old and he's really sweet with her. Like he'll go up and he'll take her hand and pretend to like punch his head and be like, you're punching me. You're punching me. Oh my God. How cute. It's so cute. How old your brother? And, um, they were both born at home in my apartment. So that's rad. Let's yeah. talk about that. <laughs> I love that. Cause I have friends that, um, that have done that as well. Yeah. And it's, um, I think it's a great conversation piece because, yeah. you know, I know a lot of women are scared of that. I've never had a baby. So, <laughs> so it's like the ultimate unknown, right? Mm-hmm. You're like you can read about it. You can listen to podcasts, but you don't know what birth's going to feel like. Right. And you, yeah, you don't know what happens in the moment. You don't know what happens in the moment. Um, and I am very much the person who like, if I, the more I know the less anxiety I have, but many women, it's like the more they know, the more anxious they are sure. of like what the potential complications. Um, and I was, all set up at like an OBGYN practice um, at a birthing center at a hospital. And I started to tour the birthing centers and they recommend that you do that kind of at like 30 weeks. And I started to tour the birthing centers and the hospitals and, you know, there's like a group tour of 30 and for some reason the hospital I was touring, like all the rooms, the doors were open, like intercoms are going off you like look in the room as you're walking by and there's like, you can see the woman laboring. I was uh, like, I am too much like an introvert <laughs> for this. So I told my husband, I was like, yo, this is, it's not going down here. And it smells like cheeseburgers <laughs> in the labor and delivery ward. And, um, <laughs> and so I tried to transfer and, you know, after about 20 weeks, you can't transfer to another OB group. And, uh, because for some reason I thought another hospital would be different. Um, and so then I just started interviewing home birth midwives and I interviewed um, two of them in New York that have both been doing it for about 35 years. And I, re- I was interviewing with one and I was like, you know what, if the pain's too much, I'll just transfer and get the epidural. 
And she looked at me and she goes, oh no, honey. She's like, my clients don't transfer for that reason. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, and she's like, you're going to have to wrap your head around A, that there's no epidural at home. There's no um, painkilling drugs. And just uh, wrap your head around also the fact of like being okay with your choice if anything happens. Wow. And there, there's there's plans for an emergent transfer. Sure. Like you, you make the plan. I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, if something happens, you have to, you know, yeah. be okay. So, um, so yeah. So. <laughs> and this was so sorry. Yeah. You did both at home. I did right. both at okay, home. Got yeah. it. Just playing that back. Um, Second one came so- twice as fast. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that that can happen. Like yeah. that, that's kind of more common maybe yeah. sometimes. Yep. I guess every pregnancy is so different. Did you, um, well, listen, we're talking about pain. We're talking about primal. We're, we're touching all that stuff we yeah. were just in, but, um, going towards your first run at this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How did you, what was your mindset like going into it? Like what? Yeah. So I think your mindset is you make a plan and you're okay if it changes, mm-hmm. um, which it did, which I'll tell you about. And really, um, you know, a lot of women who give birth in the hospital, you know, think, okay, I'm going to like try for a natural birth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at home you have to wrap your head around, like there is no epidural down the hallway. There's no, you know, yeah, and just kind of like, okay, this is how it's going to, this is how it's going to be. And especially right. with the first, cause it's so unknown. You don't know what it feels like. Um, I mean, pregnancy, birth and raising a kid is the ultimate form of letting go. <laughs> it's like, you have to let go. Like the women who do lots of Pilates and bar and jump on a trampoline, their pelvic floor is super tight. Like they have a long labor that sometimes leads to a C-section and, Cause they can't let go on an emotional level, on a, on a physical pelvic floor level. So that's so birth is like emotionally mental. It's like, it's all about letting go. Can you relax your pelvic floor? Can you relax into the intensity, into the moment? Cause you know, if, if you have lots of pressure, <laughs> I'm making like a little fist into no, my hand. This is why it's going to be video. Yeah. There's just too much good stuff that needs to be seen. But so. when there's like pressure, um, the immediate reaction is to like clench, right? Yeah. You have to like ride the contraction and like push with it, not clench and guard. Yeah. And that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. So you got through it obviously well and you felt like a boss afterwards. (laughs) Sure. So, So here's the thing. So I was in labor for like 11 hours. Baby came out gorgeous, beautiful, amazing. Um, and my placenta would not deliver. The part where it's like, it's so easy, it just slips out, would not come out. So oh. I had to get emergent transferred to deliver the placenta at a hospital. That's, I want to say hilarious. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I know like, it wasn't in the moment, but you do I, all this work. I know, you do all the work. You like make all these plans. Like, okay, I'm going to like take the placenta and chop it up and put it in a smoothie. And like, <laughs> you know, like you make all these yes. like placenta plans. And that didn't happen the first time, so... <laughs> amazing well better that you're going there for the placenta than you know any other reasons so okay yeah and the thing is like if you if the placenta doesn't come out then you never the uterus never contracts back down and you basically hemorrhage out so it is like an emergent transfer yeah it's important yeah Yeah, it's important what would you say is the biggest thing that you learned about yourself in 
bees in the process of, of giving um, birth to both of your children in this way? Uh, that women and I, I guess myself too, are, um, just like so much stronger and more resilient than we could ever imagine. Yeah. 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 And every husband that, you know, I, I know when they talk about their wife, they're like, like so much strength and resilience and they, my wife did amazing. She's a boss, you know? And it's like, that is why men do not get their period, get a period or give birth. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, yeah, yeah, even if you haven't had a baby, but like just having your period is like, you know, there's, I mean, just even hormones dealing with the fluctuation of hormones and we got to do a lot. Um, yeah. Women yeah. are pretty badass. Wait, speaking of, um, I'm going to pivot a little bit. Yeah. So, um, speaking of strength and resilience, because you said that training is a part of your clinic. Can yeah. we talk about, um, so specifically you like strength training, right? But mm-hmm. what other, tell me more about this. Sure. So this came about because I was dealing with like a hamstring adductor injury for like a year and I would go see a chiropractor that would, um, like one of the top chiropractors charges like $200 for 15 minutes of treatment cash only. Um, and I would see him every other week and he would do active release technique, which is an amazing soft tissue technique. I do it too. And then he'd be like, okay. And he would adjust me and they'd be like, okay, you're good. Go back. And I would, um, and I was kind of doing like the boutique fitness scene in New York. We kind of just like drop into different classes Mm -hmm. and I would just feel like this like grabbing sensation from like my knee mm-hmm. all the way up to my groin. Sometimes to the point where I was like, I like couldn't walk mm. um, and I had to kind of like shake it out. And so think about $200 for 15 minutes every other week for a year adds yeah. up financially. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> but I kept, I was like, well, I'm seeing the best guy like that does active release in New York. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to like try something different. And I, um, went the kettlebell route for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. I think I had a colleague that was getting her strong first certification and I checked that out and I trained with the trainer and the pain and discomfort that I was experiencing went away after two weeks. That's amazing. So there was like this strength stability component that I wasn't addressing that the person I was seeing (laughs) wasn't addressing, (laughs) you know, and, um, and literally now when I feel something that is uncomfortable or discomfort or pain, I'm like, okay, what is not stabilizing such that these muscles are grabbing and overworking? Yeah. And I can usually 90% of the time work it out with, with a kettlebell. That's amazing. Yeah. I don't, I do implement some kettlebell, but not like kettlebell training. I mean, there's yeah. a whole thing with kettlebells, right? Never got super into it. Yeah. Um, so I, I, um, I like kettlebells because when you are trying to work on form or clean up someone's form, mm-hmm. you can kind of like, there's a little more wiggle room than having to negotiate a bar. Yeah. Yeah. That's rad. Yeah. And, um, the way the kettlebell is just cause it's like offset mm-hmm. with the bell on the back of the wrist. Mm-hmm. It really makes you work grip strength mm-hmm. and grip strength, um, is directly correlated to shoulder stability strength. Yeah. And, and um, also brain health. 
And brain health, yeah. yeah. So, like, people who have a stronger grip have a lower likelihood of, like, Alzheimer's and dementia. Yeah. It's so interesting, right, that that connects. Yeah. But, yeah, like, yeah. jujitsu people are, like, yeah, you got the grip. <laughs> and they're, I mean, those people, like, hardcore <laughs> training crazy. Lots of labral tears in that sport. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have to. There's some things I got to watch over here in this um, compressed situation. <laughs> yeah. But, Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I love kettlebells. Um, I also do barbell work. It's not, like, my forte. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's funny because people look at them and they're like, that's going to injure me, that kettleball. And uh, Really? Oh, yeah. And you have to kind of, like, especially for, like, some of the women that are training. um, Oh. Who are doing, like, a lot of dance cardio. Yeah. And they're doing, like, the the three-pound pink weights. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, girl, that kettlebell is probably the same weight as your purse. Because most women in New York are like crazy bag ladies and carry everything. With you kind of have to. You have to. You to be prepared for anything all yeah. day. Yeah. And so one of the interesting things with working with Gabrielle is seeing a lot of people who um, have autoimmune conditions or a thyroid condition or a low-functioning thyroid and Hashimoto's. And, um, you know, she's addressing the functional medicine piece and then she sends them to me to, to clean up the functional movement piece. And, um, so out of that within the last year has come, um, this online program called thyroid strong of like how to teach women with Hashimoto's to strength train because they have low muscle mass. They have an under functioning thyroid. They take a long time to heal. And a lot of them will work out and just totally tank and be like, in bed for three days exhausted. Yeah. So that's amazing. I love that you have that program. So it's called thyroid strong. And again, it's to like, how can you elevate people out of pain, take care of themselves, empower them to kind of be more present and elevate the other people around them. I love that. Um, I also just to kind of hang out in that space a little bit more of just resistance training. Um, I find that it is an incredibly empowering activity, um, for anyone really, but we'll focus on women for a minute. And I know that, you know, I grew up in the gym, you know, my dad had me bench pressing when I was literally like Ooh, seven. Yeah. And so I think that, that you know, it's, well, I did not necessarily, but it was like, I was a competitive runner and it, I like being strong. I would do the, um, <laughs> you know, actually we're talking about this, but like the arm wrestling and I'd beat the boys. Oh. And, but then there was also a part of um, my life where, you know, I wasn't, you know, my, I really harm my masculine and feminine energy are very harmonized and they work together as a team. I think that, um, you know, not, I don't consciously think about this This is just really my life, you know, celebrity makeup artist, jujitsu. There you go. Great. So (laughs) like in a nutshell, you know, but I think that, um, you know, when guys would, would be like, Oh, you're ripped or you're buff. And I would be offended because I didn't like that because the feminine part of me felt like, no, you know, this is, very different story now. And now on my Instagram, my story, you see me flexing and it's not like, Hey, look at me muscles, but it's really the connection of, no, I am a very empowered woman. I handle my business. I move through life with an empowered mindset. And I honestly feel like strength training and I have other modalities obviously, but strength training in particular is doing something for the mind, obviously for your biology. But literally, I feel like there is a thing, you know, a connection that's happening there in the mind. And it's almost unfortunate um, in two ways that, you know, a lot of women are intimidated to be in the weight room. 
a lot of times because they don't know what to do. And also, you know, it's guys, it's more guys, you know, than, yeah. than women for the most part. Um, and then I still think that there are some women who, um, and no judgment, but just keeping it real as I do. There are women that just maybe don't really vibe with the, you know, the aesthetic of having a tricep or shoulders, you know, and that's, I can understand that even from what I just said to you. Now it's different. I love my shoulders and my aesthetic, right? Body composition. But what, going back to Gabrielle and I mean, man, like this might be cute. You might, it might be great in a dress right now, but girlfriend, we're not going the other way. We're going that way. We're going up and 60 and 70. And when you don't have the proper muscle to protect you through your life, it's a problem you know? Yeah. So just kind of, sorry, I went all over as a bit of a tangent, but to bring it right back, just to speak about, you know, the empowerment that a woman can feel from resistance training, from picking up heavy shit. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's also a big mindset shift. Um, and this kind of happened from like early thirties to mid thirties of wanting to be skinny, wanting to look a certain way to, I want to not worry about moving through my day and injuring myself. And I don't want to, um, I, I, like, I don't, I remember like my younger self, um, wanting to be skinny, which is like, feels really foreign right now as I say it. Yeah. And now I'm just like, I just want to be strong as fuck. Like, I just want to like <laughs> pick up my kid and throw him in the air. And like, like we were late for school and I like ran the 35 pound child in the like rope, like, 20 pound stroller <laughs> to school. That is amazing. No, that's badass. That's how I felt like when I was, you know, in the airport running in Europe, going to miss my flight from Italy. And I was like, hell no, I'm not. Watch this. Like running with my carry on up the yeah. escalator. And I'm like, that's what I train for. Yeah. Train for life. Yeah. Yeah. And like anytime you step up to the weight, at least in my experience, the first rep couple reps, like they just like suck. You're just like, oh, this feels like fucking heavy. Uh, <laughs> and then you get you know, like you're that, yeah, I don't the know, feeling. the feeling. And you're just like, yeah, like, you know, yeah. put on some more weight. I got this. Yeah. You have some good music going. Totally. But um, you can't, it, it's like, it's like birth. Like you can read about it and you can describe it. But it's like, once again, you have to like experience it in your body. Yeah. yeah. Well, do you have any tips for women? Um, I mean, really in general, but I want to focus on women specifically because of where we just were, but, yeah. um, tips for women to get into resistance training, you know, what would that, like a couple of things that can make it easier on them? Um, cause I think a lot of women also don't want to do it wrong. Cause obviously you, that's, it's easy to do it wrong. And then that's a whole problem and they're coming to see you to get fixed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think, okay. So one piece is we all have like bad reps, especially when we're learning. It's kind of like the learning process. So I always believe in failing forward. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Yeah. So fail forward. Like first rep is not going to look pretty. And, you know, some of the um, people who have been strength training for years, decades, think of every rep as, um, as you know, like 10 reps of one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, have been swinging kettlebells for 20 years and still step into the step up to the bell and think, what can I learn from this rep? Like, where am I at in my body? Where's my body at? What's my energy? Where's my mind at? And, um, I think, you know, women finding, um, a good coach, mm -hmm. 
um, and thinking themselves not as a client, but as a student, like a student for life. And really the people who have amazing form and can pull heavy weight do the basics really well consistently. Like there's no like magic flashy yeah. booty band trick or anything. Yeah, you know? totally. It's just straightforward. Like they and- do it consistent. Yeah. And um, they there's such a dis- disconnect in our day and age from like the mind and the body and what we're feeling and where we are in space. And, you know, I think just cause we're so on our phones and computers that um, it's like such a nice way just to reconnect. I agree. Yeah. And that, I love that. And then from like a biomechanical perspective, um, women should learn to breathe and brace. So we walk through our life, like, especially our younger selves, maybe like, like sucking in the waistline and pulling in and like, Mm -hmm. and if you pick up a weight sucking in or pulling your belly button to your spine, you are going to, you're asking for an injury. So to like breathe down and wide and tank up on your breath and then be able to like create that intra-abdominal pressure, that like little tank of strength in your, in your abdomen. Yeah. It's, it's like so foreign to many women and to men. Yeah. Um, that's great. But though. to learn how to breathe and brace properly. Do you, um, what would you say is a healthy, I, I resistance train. I mean, it's like my favorite thing to do. I, I but it's like in there easily four to four days a week. Yeah. I respect res, uh, recovery, but it's just, yeah. Yeah. What would you say is, um, I mean, obviously everyone's going to have different life, but like a good number just for longevity, health, and, you know, not necessarily for bodybuilding or anything. <laughs> So I would say a minimum of, um, and obviously it depends on your goal, but yeah. uh, a minimum of three days a week yeah. and like at least one of those sessions, um, should be, uh, I usually do like a heavy, moderate, moderate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like one of those sessions, I usually make one of my moderate days, um, pushing my capacity such that it's really challenging. Like, I feel like we live in such a soft society like we don't challenge you ourselves anymore. We don't need to. We don't need to. And, you know, and that's dangerous. Um, I'm a big, you know, I have this whole thing called seek the fight. You got to move towards discomfort. Yeah. We evolved, from, you know, like back in the day, the issue was what was a threat was, oh, we don't maybe have food to eat, right? The threat now is that, no, it's not even that we have food. 24 seven, 365, <laughs> we have calories available because yeah. there's tons of fake food, right? Yeah. This might pivot us into nutrition. Um, cause I, I do want to talk about that with you a bit, but you know, it's to going back to like seeking challenge and not being afraid to get uncomfortable. That's it's cold, right? Today, like we really turned a corner on the cold <laughs> like in New York. Four degrees. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was almost hesitant to bring this jacket, which is not even that gnarly of a jacket, but I was like, no, cause I got this other short one. I'm like cold exposure. Like, let me have some of it. It's not like I'm going to be hanging out outside, like, you know, so a little here and there. Yeah. yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah. We are, it's important to go towards challenge. Yeah. So I remember Gabrielle once when, when we were first working together, she was writing down, she's like, she said to me, she goes, I don't think you push your capacity enough. You need to make one of your workout days. Like you want to throw up at the end. And I was like, girl, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, Cause I'm, I'm all about like, uh, so once the form starts to fall apart, like we'll flare our ribs or like jut the chin or something like that, that that is like a sign of fatigue. Mm-hmm. And um, you'll see this. So like when babies learn 
how they move, like their developmental patterns. Um, when they hit fatigue, they'll go into an extension pattern. Okay. And so the same thing, like when you see um, a CrossFitter do a muscle up. Yeah. And they're like pretty good form, pretty good form. And then they're like extended in the neck and like super extended in the back and like their shoulders are retracted. Yeah. That's fatigue. And babies, when they don't develop well neurologically or they don't hit their milestones and their movement patterns or they fatigue when they're learning their movement patterns, they go into this like extension pattern. So, so interesting for, for myself. So like when I, um, when I'm pulling deadlifts and when I start to like, like if I don't keep my ribs stacked over my pelvis and I start to pull with my extensors, yeah, that's my fatigue. Right. And so I'm always like, okay, time to stop. Don't want to like, you know, yeah. Jack something up. Um, but to be able to work out to, you want to like pass out, throw up, you have to <laughs> push, yeah, your, push your capacity and push your fatigue point. Yeah. 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 I, well, and I was, I was thinking, I'm like, it's gotta be interesting for you because you know so much about the body and you deal with, you know, injuries. So it's like, you're going to be more mindful because you can't not know what you know. Right? <laughs> I know. And like walking through the world, it's like, it's like really oh, hard. Oh my God. Sometimes. All the forward neck, forward neck, like you can walk down the street and be like, that guy has a knee injury. That person has like disc herni-. Like, it's just like, no, you know what? I was, I feel that way. And I'm not a doctor. I'm not a clinical nutritionist, but I'm, I'm a geek and I can speak the language. And you know, I was, was in whole foods and I was thinking like, man, it's unfortunate because you know, you can think you're buying something healthy, but you're not, you know? <laughs> and a lot of people are just not, they're not tuned in. Like a lot of people don't look at the ingredients. They'll look at the marketing, the organic, the non GMO, the vegan sold. But yeah. meanwhile, there's fucking sugar put in that shit. Yeah. And you know what I mean? So it's, it's the same thing where I'm like, ah, oh, I know it feels good to be able to, to know the things that I know. And then I think of someone like Gabrielle, I'm like, Oh my God, she must feel like a God. (laughs) It's very empowering to understand the body biology movement in this way. Um, are you, how do you feel about moving into nutrition a little bit? Can we talk about that? Sure. So like nutrition is not my forte. Yeah. Like I kind of leave it to Gabrielle and. But um, for your own Oh self, yeah, sure. Like yeah. how do you fuel yourself? Cause that's yeah. important. Yeah. So I am of the lion protocol of high protein. Um, and it's interesting cause I went through like a vegetarian, vegan, raw, I did like a 30 day juice cleanse of like only juice. Wow. Um, That's amazing. And it did not feel amazing. I'll tell you that. No, you're like cold all the time. Cold all the time in New York city. Um, And uh, when I came to Gabrielle, my blood work was like basically on the path to like an autoimmune condition. So like my thyroid antibodies were elevated. Um, and yeah, I mean, basically did the lion protocol. So it's like six eggs in the morning. Yeah. I had three this morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, six, six or three, six minute eggs. Do you ever have six minute oh, eggs? Oh, what are six minute eggs? Oh girl. You know that like creamy yolk that you yeah. see six minutes, you boil the water, put the egg in for six minutes. It's gotta be six minutes. Then you put it in cool water, let it chill for a while, put it in the fridge and you got, I'll show you after this six minute eggs. Wow. Put some turmeric and some cayenne on there. Yeah. Some burn. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, wow. That sounds really good. That's so good. 
Um, they say, I, I forget where I heard this, that like the choline in the yolk, mm-hmm. that's not like fully cooked. Like yes. it's a little yolky. Well, like, that's why yeah. I don't cook like hard boil the yeah. egg because the nutrients for the most part are in the yolk. So you don't want to over yeah. cook that. Yeah. And honestly, it's like, there's a whole thing like yolk porn because it's, it's like <laughs> So what is yolk porn? I'm just going to show you. They can't see it. Are you ready? Yeah. All right, here we go. Is it like... Uh, You're going to... I have night shift on Is my it phone. like in like a little cup, like English style, and you can see it? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? This is yolk porn. Okay, I have night shift on. It might be hard. Yeah, no. Do you see the yolk oh, a little yeah. bit? I'll show you. I'll take night shift off, but yeah, it's like, <laughs> just when it's like, when you... What it, this is what it is. You're going to see it now. Our phones are listening. <laughs> When we get offline, you're gonna scroll. <laughs> you can see it immediately. When you when you slice the egg open and it like perfectly <laughs> spreads apart, girl, delicious. And then the yolk, yeah, it's amazing. But it's funny because I I saw the little like six eggs, almost like you were hesitant to say it because maybe because it's, the, usually the response is six eggs. Like oh my god, oh. you're gonna get a heart attack or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I usually eat uh steak ground beef, some chicken, um, uh, asparagus. I'm, I'm sometimes broccoli, but I'm cutting back on the broccoli cause it makes the baby gassy. Yeah. Right. Cause you're breastfeeding. I know. Yes. Yeah. And that's so good too. The choline, all that, all the nutrients for your baby. I know. Yeah. 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 That's rad. So yeah, I basically do high protein. Um, I do have my vices of like a gluten-free something like a scone every once in a while. Um, I do love my coffee Mm -hmm. and yeah, you know, it's interesting, um, being like 12 weeks postpartum because, um, like the body likes to like hold the fat to make the breast Mm. milk, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm really, um, Whenever Gabrielle and I check in, she's always like, lay off the carbs. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I really, I'm really not. <laughs> well, everybody's body is so different, right? And what's going to, cause some women, I guess, lose weight from the breastfeeding, right? They just, I don't know. The- yeah. There's like an initial like weight loss. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. Which by the way, so sorry. You look amazing. Oh. Yeah. I know this is our first time meeting. You're like, no, but you don't know. But I'm just saying, like, yeah. I was like, what? You just had a baby 12 weeks ago oh, when you thanks. first. Yeah, truly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then usually from what I found and some of my female trainer friends who've had babies experience this is like after you stop breastfeeding and the three months after there's kind of like a normalizing of the hormones and there's like a second like shedding um, just from like working with women that are postpartum. I've yeah. noticed that's kind of the trend after. That's cool. Because everyone so just like, assumes like, oh, you're breastfeeding. You're just like burning calories right and left, which is true. But but yeah, yeah. no. So. I mean, there's a lot to lose, right? I mean, yeah, I there, know, yeah there is. Yeah. I mean, so. it's so interesting because like when you go to the OB when you're pregnant, they're like, okay, so like 20 pounds and you're like, wait, what? And like they like one of the first things I went to three OBs and the first thing they talked about was like, not putting on more than like 25 pounds of weight. And I was like, can we talk about like baby health and nutrition and like constipation? (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And they were like, Oh, here's some like, you know, Miralax or something. Like it wasn't, (laughs) it wasn't, you know, like the holistic integrative dream that I dreamed of. Oh man. But that's Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we're moving more 
into that space. Just, in, I mean, I feel like we are, um, but like in these territories as well, you know? Um, yeah, it's important. It is. And I don't know any, like, I don't know of a functional medicine person that like treats pregnant women. Cause I didn't think there's just like a not, like, you don't know. It's like such a touchy thing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. If you're out there, <laughs> holla. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, okay. So to honor your time, I just want to ask you a couple more things and, um, have a little fun with you and some things that I like to do with my guests. So I want to ask you, um, you first of all have a podcast. How long have you had your podcast? Uh, I think over a year. How's that going? It's good. It's called muscle medicine. It is definitely a labor of love. Like there's (laughs) no, there's no sponsors. There's no, yeah, but you're putting wonderful, valuable, valuable information out. You bring on epic guests Yeah, and you're having a good time doing it. Yeah. It's super fun. It's interesting. Um, Cause I always like to look at like analytics and mm. the women trainers are the most listened to episodes. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, people want to know how to, even if it's look better before feel better. Cause that's usually how it goes. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it, there's a lot of women who just want to know how to, how to feel better in their body. Yeah. So that can, that makes sense to me. Yeah, totally. Um, so, you know, you talk to a lot of people, is there anything that on podcasts you've been on or just in your conversations or the things that something that you haven't really spoke on yet that you wish people would ask you more or that you would like to talk about? Um, Oh, I'm going to have to think about this one. Yeah, it's a big question. Um, so the sirens are New York. Oh, yeah, it's been going on all week. I'm like, <laughs> I, had, I had Dr. Ralph Esposito on. I love, love that him. guy. He's so sick. And he's like, the sound, you know, I have great producers. Shout out to Resonate. But he's like, the, the New York, I'm like, yo, bring it. He's yeah. like, yeah. I'm like, we're, so what? Raw, right? Yeah. I feel like they're sitting here with us in New York. <laughs> he doesn't want to be here in New York City with us. Um, yeah. I mean, we can get back to it. Yeah, let's come back to yeah, it. Yeah, I have I have another question. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you had a magic wand that you... If you had a magic wand and you can take this wand and add a very... A, a healthy habit, lifestyle habit to everyone, really... Mm-hmm. Um, that would have a large ripple effect on their well-being and health. What would that be? Oh man. Um, <laughs> okay. So I think two things, one, if there's magic wand to teach people how to break through procrastination or to like push past it. Um, and the second piece would be teaching them how to breathe so that they're not, uh, anxious all day. That's excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So like that belly breath that we were talking about and just, um, it's interesting because a lot of people will teach box breathing, which is like, um, breathe in for four, pause for four, exhale for four, pause for four. And, um, you have to make the exhale, the breath out longer than the inhale Mm -hmm. to really trigger that parasympathetic Right. Calm. And it's because people always treat, um, do box breathing 
and I'm always, or, you know, talk about it. Yeah. Uh, like the high performers. Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, yeah, but you're always like, you're not exhaling long enough. Yeah. I like five, eight. That's just like yeah. what feels good to me. It's like in for five and out for eight. And yeah. Yeah. Breath work is, breath work is in vogue, girl. <laughs> like there's all kinds of things happening in the breath space I know. for valid reasons, like you said. So that's a great thing to add yeah. to people's lives. Cause most people, let's be real, are aren't breathing well you know there are times when i'm sure you can catch yourself i can catch myself oh it's yeah like, oh shit i gotta take a breath right now yeah and you totally. instantly feel better yeah yeah okay so nothing in the uh and no worries if you if there's nothing in that space if you feel is there anything in this conversation that you would like to add that you haven't spoke on yet well i think um i just thought of something because i was thinking of a patient that i treated this week like we're never really taught how to strength train, right? Like it's not in high school. It's not in college. Like I remember being in the high school weight room being like, yeah, I'm just going to like throw this bar on my back and bang out some (laughs) squats. Um, and, and then, you know, sometimes we hire a trainer, but like, how do you find a good trainer? You know? Right. Um, and so I think it's, um, it would be so great if in the school system, I know they're cutting back on like PE and the arts, but where that was like a, a taught skill, especially in New York, like I just saw um, a 10th grader who is like sitting all day, the Mm. high school and, you know, high schools in New York are super intense and commutes an hour each way on the train. So there's like 10 hours of her day sitting, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, loves the carbs Mm -hmm. because she's stressed out and has like, like TMJ to the point of like, like her mouth is getting like, um, stuck closed. Oh no. And there's probably a stress component, but you know, there's also a biomechanical component of like her core is not strong. Mm-hmm. Her joints are hypermobile. She probably needs to get blood work done. And I, I, you know, I want to just be like, eat some protein and pick up some heavy weights, but like, yeah, to find time in her day to do that and to teach the good form. It's like an extra subway ride. And I just, really wish yeah it was it was taught in the school system or somewhere along the way earlier and you know at the start yeah because that's so it's so fundamental and it's it's starting to i think um i've heard it on some pod do you listen to my pump podcast yeah i Yeah. I love them um i feel like i've heard it on their podcast but that you know we're hearing a lot more about resistance training than we ever have right Mm -hmm. and that it will you know like for so long the prescribed method is like 30 minutes of, you know, cardiovascular work a, a day to keep the doctor away, whatever. I don't know, but we are starting to hear more about resistance training. So maybe hopefully it will be something that will be integrated in this way. Um, you know, because it, it, it's, I mean, like we just spoke about it, but it's such a, a powerful preventative to, to ever, I mean, they, the connection between your leg strength and brain health, like mm. that's, incredible. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you got to, in order to uphold, to keep healthy muscles, muscle protein synthesis, resistance training yep, and that high yeah. quality protein. <laughs> I know. And it's so wild. Cause like her thing was like a posture issue, a breathing issue, a core strength issue. And I had her hold two 12 kilo bells. So it's 50 pounds total. And she was like, Oh my God, this is so heavy. But the packing of her shoulders made her get out of that like hunch. Yeah. And her mom was like, Oh my God, I have to take a photo. 
And she's like, mom, don't take a photo. And it was like this weird, like mother daughter dynamic in the moment. But I was like, look at her posture. It's amazing. Cause she had to like pack her shoulders and breathe. And yeah. And I was making her foot dial while she was doing it. And I was like, girl, your backpack is probably like, you know, (laughs) truly. Yeah. I remember what mine was. It's not, it's gnarly. Yeah. Yeah. And we're so sedentary now. Like you were saying, she's sitting for 10 hours. So this, one of the hardest things I think about the podcast, honestly, is just like, I'm not a good sitter. I sit in the morning. I have a, you know, like meditation journaling and all that. And, but then once that's done, I'm out the door and I I love movement. Yeah. More begets more, right? Yeah. Like when you're a mover, it's, hard not to move yeah totally yeah i want to ask you were you gonna say something uh i was also gonna say i think um just going back to birth we talked so much about birth i love it <laughs> listen that's valuable that's not going anywhere yeah. <laughs> that i think women um it's so confusing you know the the first time you're like what test am i supposed to get and i'm supposed to like drink this like you know, 60 grams of sugar and like get this blood test. And when am I supposed to like make a birth plan? And, um, I think just continuing to, for women to educate themselves because the resources are out there, but, um, it can feel really confusing because it's also new and you're like nauseous and like gaining weight and like, you just don't feel like yourself. Right. But to like continue to, if you want or a dream of your birth being a certain way, which is not necessarily, you know, some women think I'm going to have like a beautiful home birth. There is nothing beautiful about birthing at home. It is like <laughs> messy and, you know, you push through struggles and doubts and <laughs> funky smells. And, like it just, you know, um, it's not that sexy, yeah. but it's empowering, but it's empowering. Yeah. yeah. So, um, to keep like, educating yourself, you know, and not, I don't know, necessarily just give in to like, yeah, I'm going to like try for like, it's really like you have to go in with a certain, like, this is how it's going to go down mindset. Right. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, um, morning routine. Do you have anything like that? How do you start your day? (laughs) Yeah. So I normally have like a 12 week old, like nestled up in my armpit (laughs) trying to like, that makes perfect sense. She does this little like head rock and she's like, "Uh," and I'm like, Oh, you're okay. Time to breastfeed you. Um, and normally my son and I get up together and he plays or we cook eggs together uh, I mean, my morning routine right now is literally like trying to get my kid to school on time. <laughs> it's perfect. It's like survival after you have a kid, right? It it's is like a my morning bit. routine is to survive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and keep my kid alive. <laughs> keep, yeah. Keep, try to keep both kids alive. Um, but yeah, like I take it. My husband is not a morning person. So um, we kind of alternate with taking him to school. Um, I like do babble talk with my baby right now and Aww. tummy time. Like it's very, it's all like, about the kids. Mm-hmm. I'm kind I've never been a morning worker outer. Yeah. I'm always kind of like a midday mm-hmm. two o'clock. Um, and I typically will do some sort of kettlebell something for like 20, 30 minutes. Okay. And, um, my husband and I have a nighttime routine where we go through three questions of, um, what am I grateful for? What could I have done better? And what do I b- love about the other person? I love that. So we always do that, you know, cause it's like no, so, so easy boring. to have like groundhog day every day. Yeah, totally. So yeah, you're nice. checking in and yeah. you're connecting and, 
I really do value. I have, um, you know, a morning ritual, but I also have, I kind of bookend the day, right. With just me time where I really got to go in and connect and, you know, like play things back and be total gratitude that happens at dinner when I sit down. And, and I really think that that helps to set you up first of all, for better sleep, right? Like yeah. talking about the night thing, but it also, I feel helps to set you up to have even a better day the next day. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And obviously in the, in your, um, example, you know, that, that is so, that's such a wonderful way to keep a healthy relationship. Totally. Yeah. And I do, when I was first, I, this just came to mind. This yeah. happens when you're like postpartum, you're like, <laughs> ah, like a light bulb. Um, Every day I would take the train, I would write like the dream for my practice. Oh, I love that. And it was as if it already happened and there were no absolutes and there were no negatives in it. Um, and every day when I would go on the subway home, I would read it and kind of just see like, okay, everything that I did in my day and I put my energy to and my time um, emotionally and physically did it take steps towards that vision that I created and then that I wrote down in the morning and I literally like every single day. And it would like, maybe sometimes I write the same thing and sometimes um, it would tweak a little bit. And, you know, I think that visioning and getting, you know, people always talk about, like, okay, get clear on what you want. But like, when do we make the time in our day to really do that? Yeah. Like never. Um, it just, I think just that time allowed my brain to breathe and mm -hmm. get clear on what I want, um, for my business. Yeah, no, yeah. that's so powerful. I mean, I've been writing my whole life and I journal every single morning and it's a, it's just, it's been, it's a part of really my journal is an extension of me. Mm. So I'm, I, it's, <laughs> I feel so intimate to say this out loud, but I actually, it's, um, I, re I've referred to my journal as my favorite room. I love being here in my favorite room. And so, you know, for me, um, that's why I love waking up early and having that time of peace and tranquility for myself to check in with self because self-awareness and self-connection are so important. Um, and that is something that I definitely actively do as well. And, and really, like you said, it's, it's like, it's if you're already living it, you're feeling it. Um, you know, this is, people can now be like, Oh, it's law of attraction. Okay. No, this is actually way before the movie. This is like, there's actually <laughs> science to this. And really let's just take away labels, movies, magic, hocus pocus. Okay, cool. How does it feel just to be taking your imagination, something that we all fucking have that so many people, um, disconnect from as we get, you know, into our later years of life. And you know, how good does that feel to step into your imagination, use it in a way that you're positioning yourself to be in an environment that feels good to you. Like your sense, like you're, you come into your office and you see your team and you say hi, and it feels really good. And everyone's getting great service. Just going into like your example, yeah, right? Yeah, totally. Cause I have mine as well. Like when I actually have my podcast studio and like female Joe Rogan over here is like doing our thing. You know what I mean? Like there's, and it's more than career, but like there is power in that. And I can certainly say, and I'm going to ask you this, but, um, in my life experience, I have definitely called in what I have envisioned, maybe not necessarily exactly how I thought, but, but maybe oh, yeah. it better. Evolves. Oh yeah, yeah totally. totally. 
Yeah. So it's like a powerful tool and it just feels good to be in that space, right? With yourself. Yeah. 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 I mean, I remember first writing down wanting to be like the chiropractor to the stars. I love that. And then (laughs) it evolved. I was like, no, I want to treat like high level elite runners. And, you know, granted, it doesn't mean the stars aren't going to come and, you know, and as it evolves, um, you know, now it's more like people who sit at their desk all day, Yeah, but we still have elite runners and we still have celebrities come in. And it's, it's interesting to see like when you put it to paper that, yeah, <laughs> it like morphs into real life. No, totally. Yeah. And also there are studies that prove that when you write things down, like it's more likely to happen or be accomplished. Yeah. It's like a real it's thing. like 42% or something. Is like it? That. There yeah. you go. I just heard that on, um, <laughs> Did we listen to the on same an thing? audible today. Oh really? Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. Hey. Um, okay. So, um, thank you so much for this time. This has been so it's rad. Been so fun. I, I, love it. I know I adore meeting you. Um, I know that there's more to come with you. One thing that I love to do with my guests is just throw you guys some rapid fire words and <laughs> I'm just like fastball. Bring, bring it. Um, and so the goal is really just for you when you hear these words, um, when you feel these words, what do they mean to you? Or like, we're, what's your reaction to them? You know, how do you, um, yeah. How do you connect with them? The first word, wait, is mine also rapid fire back like a one word or can it be a sentence? <laughs> it could be no. Yeah. Sorry. That's a great, thank you for asking that. Cause I've noticed, you know, some, some guests are like, just like spitball a word out. <laughs> yeah. You're like so Samuel like, L. Jackson, Pulp Fiction. Yeah. <laughs> But it can be a sentence, right? Uh, please, yeah. Mm. Like let it let it roll. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, so the first word is love. Oh man, the like yummy moment of like hugging my my kids and um, actually watching my husband like throw my toddler up in the air, Aww. playing with him. Yeah, That's so cute. I just got a visual of that. I don't know if it was Elvis or yeah, yeah Brooklyn, but yeah, <laughs> amazing. Um, next one is fear. Oh, um, going in one of those, um, cages in South Africa where there's like, Oh big no. Jaws. Oh no. That's like my one. That's a, that's the fear. The, yeah. the great whites. Yeah. yeah. I actually, when I was a kid uh, used to be scared of sharks and pools. Uh, dude, how, I'll, I'll, I'm going to up you. <laughs> jaws. Fuck me up, girl. In totally. the shower. In the shower. <laughs> Because I, I have a very vivid imagination, and sometimes with the shampoo in my eye, I'd run out. <laughs> By the way, I surf. That's one of the most amazing, such a testament to surfing that it's so powerful. I've been surfing for more than half my life, that it's so powerful when you catch that wave, or even before you do, where you just get the sensation. Oh man, it's just like whatever. And you're not like sitting on the board thinking, okay, I look like a seal. You know, there, there have been those moments for sure. I mean, I lived on the North shore of Kauai and, um, there are the most, um, river mouths out into the ocean there, right? Kauai. And where there are river mouths, there are dead fish. And, you know, so you have like the tiger sharks and the hammerheads. Tiger sharks are the the gnarly ones, right? And so, um, and sometimes, you know, you're paddling way out, like way, way out. And, you know, you're surfing till dark. Sometimes you're surfing super early, dark. And those are usually the times that they like to feed. If I have ever gotten a real sketch feeling, I bounce. 
Um, because I trust that, you know, very going back to the beginning, being very primal, you know, but for the most part, like they're doing their thing down there. They don't, they don't want your business. You know (laughs) what I mean? So yeah, I have always wanted to experience what it feels like to be in a barrel. I don't surf, but gosh, yeah. Well, you know, some of my, I grew up in the pro surfing world. Um, two of my best friends growing up are Rochelle Ballard and Keala Kenley. Um, Keala, like these girls are big wave chargers, pipeline. Keala, she's on another level. Chopo, do you know the wave in Tahiti? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. She, she's just Jaws off of Maui. It's, the contest is about to start. And yeah. so I grew up with these like incredible like women who just charge. And so they can speak to the barrels better than I have definitely had some little fun, cute barrels, you know, in my life, but it's fun. It's just for me growing up with them. I'm like, <laughs> when you see Rochelle, like drop in and pull down pipe, it's like, okay, that's some barrel shit. It's like, I would like to know how that feels too. I say that all the time. I'm like, if I could just surf like you guys for like one day of my life, fuck. my brother, actually, one of my that's brothers, your magic wand wave. That would be, yeah. I think that would definitely make the world a better place. My brother just, um, my brother, Mike went to Kelly Slater's ranch and it was so funny. It was like two days later. He, my brother's a strength and conditioning coach. He's an athlete. He's incredible. Comes back and he's been surfing jujitsu black belt, surfing for the better part of his life too. He he showed me this barrel that was you know it's perfect wave. Yeah, it's basically. A perfect wave. Yeah. And he, it was so cute to see him talk about it. He was literally high. Like he was still. He's like I'm Aww. still buzzing because it's just man. You're not in your element. You're in the water and you're like. You're just, you're floating water or some shit like that. That's amazing. Know? Yeah. There's, um, his wife put a, um, a video up on Instagram and she's like on the board and he's on the board. Yeah. I saw yeah. that recently. Yeah. yeah. I saw that. that was a few days ago. And I was like, I was like can, so can I sick. like, can I pay him for like, for me to be on the board? <laughs> Get a ride with Kelly. Yeah. Like, That's a great idea. Like right? a little auction kind of thing. <laughs> right amazing. on the same board as Kelly Slater at his surf ranch. Yeah. That's incredible. You heard it here, Kelly. Yeah. Um, okay, so moving on, the next word is challenge. Challenge. Um, I think of like limitless. Um, I mean, I would say one of the most challenging things I've done is um, push out a baby, but you know, amnesia is a really amazing thing. I think that's the only reason why there's a human race is because like you push out a baby and you forget what it's like. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I think it's kind of as intense, I think. Um, oh, my God. But, yeah, I mean, I think just, I think of the sky, actually. That's cool. Yeah. I love that. It's beautiful. We all got a visual. Another visual, like baby going <laughs> thrown up, sky, barrels, like, barrels. yes, yeah. people, you love us. Um, okay, so next word is curiosity. Um, when I think of curiosity, I think of um, that everyone has the potential to learn anything that they want, especially in this day and age where everything, just go on YouTube, there's probably a video of anything you want to learn. Yeah, it's so there. true. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, stay curious, people. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, two more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Resilience. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of strength training. I think of two kettlebells. <laughs> that's what I think of. <laughs> I love when you got shy. No, that's makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Resilience. Yeah. Okay. The last one, I feel like we actually touched on this earlier mm-hmm. is surrender. 
Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the ultimate letting go. Um, and I think it also happens when at, at two other points in our life in giving birth, um, healing either in like sickness or chronic injury. Um, cause people, you know, some of the people that have the hardest time healing are the ones that are really, um, either have too many cooks in the kitchen or are getting too many recommendations or they're like really have such a strong attachment to the outcome of, um, the work that they're doing versus seeing healing from an injury as like a, an evolution. Um, and then I think the last one I think of is like the people, uh, the people who are on their deathbed of, you know, so there's like kind of like three mm -hmm. milestones in our life of really surrendering. Yeah. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Amazing. All right, girl. Round one of Fun. us. Like, yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Thank I you loved so it. much. Thank Where you. can people stay up to date with you and your business? And obviously you're here in New York and mm -hmm. you know, you're open for people to come in and yeah. say hi and do some stuff with you. So if it's on a clinic one-on-one -on -one basis, it's urban wellness clinic, um, on all platforms. And we're at 57th and six in the heart of Manhattan. Like look out the window so down sixth Avenue. I love it. Um, if you want to, Check out more of strength training with Hashimoto's. That is uh, dremilykyber.com. And there's a program called Thyroid Strong. Also have my own Instagram. You'll probably see like more kid pics on my personal Instagram. And um, yeah. And your podcast. Oh, my podcast. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, Muscle Medicine. And it's on all platforms? All platforms. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much, girl. Thank you. You're such a so joy. Fun. You guys, you know what to do. Follow all that's in the show notes. So yeah, I'm going to let you get out of here now. Go cool. eat some steak. <laughs> all right. Peace out, people. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode, you guys. If you loved it, please share it on your social. Throw it up on your Instagram stories and tag me. I'm at Black Belt Beauty. I am also at Roxy Look. R-O-X-Y-L-O-O-K. I love connecting with you guys. This is a conversation that I want to just continue growing with you guys. So if you feel inspired to hit me up, do so in that space. I always enjoy hearing from you. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so by rating it and reviewing it via iTunes. It's such supportive help, you guys. It really helps the visibility of this podcast. So I appreciate and thank you in advance for doing that. And last but not least, if you are interested in starting your own podcast, or perhaps you already have one and you need help with you know editing your audio and the production of it, I cannot recommend my producers enough. Resonate Recordings, you guys, they are the bomb. I rely on them. They are an absolute supportive tool to me and my podcast. So check them out and let them know that Black Belt Beauty sent you. And on that note, you guys, I'm signing off with all my love and always looking forward to catching you on the next.